Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Happy Monday. And it feels lovely to be speaking to you and also a bit weird that we're not speaking as often as we were before, but um, hopefully it's all working for you and definitely for me I can really feel a difference in the energy that I can bring to the episodes from just having one to edit and particularly as this weekend it's a big weekend for me um, I had a memorial um, kind of a service scattering of ashes today uh, that I went to which was which was beautiful um, in being able to see people and celebrate uh, a life lived and tomorrow I am speaking at a wellbeing event so it's a pretty full-on weekend uh, in the middle of two full-on weeks so um, I've really enjoyed sitting down to edit this episode for you. I've got a lot from it personally and I really feel that I've been able to to give it energy um, rather than being very conscious of having two to do. Um, so yeah thank you for um, supporting the show still and, and appreciating the reduction in uh, in episodes and I um yeah I'd love to check in with you how your week is going although it's only Monday so how last week how last week was um I had actually a really full-on week but a really great week because I started a new role um a day a week uh, where I am a lecturer for the first time I've been a teacher I've been a tutor but I am a lecturer in psychology and sociology and psychology is one of my loves <laughs> and Actually, it was, I, I had a really good vibe about the role and the, and the college beforehand, but it was just such a wonderful experience and obviously just the first day, but being back in a classroom and it's been probably 2019 was the last time I was sort of physically in a classroom and teaching and whether it is something about this program or what it is, I don't know. Uh, all the work I've been doing on myself, maybe uh, my own journey in the podcast, but I had six and a half hours of teaching and I was just pretty much in flow for the whole of it. I was really engaged with what I was teaching, what I was talking about. I felt, I, you know, I was really interested in my students and creating a space for them. And I just was really in flow for the whole time. And so if you kind of know what flow is, it's that just being so in the moment and so lit up and really just such an awesome feeling. And um, yeah, I don't know that it's going to be like that all year. Probably not. Um, but it was just such a lovely start. And I'm really excited to be doing a bit of teaching again at the moment. It is one of my many loves. I'm definitely a multi-potentialite. Um, is that the word? But yeah, I have lots of things I love to do. And that is part of me, I guess, leaning into my own authenticity, my own strengths um, looking after my well-being and knowing that for me, I like to have variety, a variety of things I'm doing to really make me feel alive. And um, this is one of them and it feels like just the right amount and I'm really excited to dive into that more. Um, and so yeah, I guess just you know check in with you and how your week is going. And 
if you've had those moments of being in flow at any point in your week, whether it is work, whether it is with family, whether it is with friends, whether it's with hobbies, have you had those moments where you have felt so lit up and alive? Um, And I definitely am one who focuses a lot on the career space. It's something that for me is very important, um, a feeling that my life is meaningful and purposeful. That is not true of everyone. But there was something that Jimmy said last week, which is a great time to send a massive thank you to Jimmy for joining us on the show last week, about if you're doing something that you're not enjoying, to change it. And that doesn't mean you can just like wake up the next day and and change it or just drop it and, you know, because there's the reality of life and um, having bills and, you know, needing to eat and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I guess it's all about really tuning into yourself and checking in. And if you are doing something that doesn't excite you, that you're not enjoying at all, can you shift to something that, and realistically, is not always (laughs) going to light you up. It's not always going to give you that feeling but you know kind of most of the time or that uh, nurtures your soul in some way and I feel really blessed that the podcast gives me that that uh, this new role gives me that and some of the other exciting things I've got going on which I will mention a couple of at the end of the episode but I hope wherever you are however things going that you're having a great week um, and if you're not then hopefully this is going to give you a bit of an uplift um, it's going to give you some comfort some um something you know whatever you need and um yeah I really appreciate you for tuning in I really appreciate Jimmy who joined us last week and I really appreciate Dylan who joins us today for this fab fab conversation which was so so relevant for me um and hopefully for a lot of you as well so let's dive in and I'll speak to you super quickly at the end Hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest Dylan to the podcast. So Dylan welcome and if you could tell us a little bit about you. Hi yeah thank you so much for having me. So my name is Dylan. I'm a spiritual coach, neuro-linguistic programming uh, practitioner and hypnotherapist. I work primarily with women who are struggling with codependency and anxiety and I help them work through those emotional blocks, those um, things that they're struggling with so that they can find serenity and their own spiritual awakening. Yeah, that sounds so awesome. And I mean, they're two massive topics that we could jump into <laughs> right there that you mentioned. But we've got a different one today, which is equally big. And one I know I definitely experienced, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well which is people pleasing. So I wonder if you could, we always like to have a bit of a definition. So we kind of know we're on the sort of same page. So when we talk about people pleasing, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So when I'm talking about people pleasing, I am, I really talk about, I'm picturing that, that desire to get other people's approval and um, your own validation of your worthiness from outside sources. So rather than just standing in your own power and your own, I got this, I'm good, constantly uh, violating your own boundaries, um, dismissing your own needs, putting yourself on the back burner 
to try and manipulate somebody into liking you to, to help yourself feel better, um, to fill that interior void. I mean, there's already so much from what you just said to dive into, but what, um, what really was interesting, I think was, um, you know, and I, I sometimes think of people pleasing as wanting people to like me, but not wanting to upset people. And, you know, so you sometimes think it's, oh, I'm like, not saying this is me, but <laughs> that, that I'm such a great person because I put everyone else first. But you use the word manipulate in there, and I thought that was really interesting. That we we are trying to manipulate people to like us by showing them just a particular part of who we are. And yes, it's um, <laughs> it's one of the harsher truths I think that comes along with both codependency and people pleasing. In that we very much view ourselves. And I say we, because I learned this about myself. (laughs) We very much view ourselves as the martyr, the savior, the person who does all the things, look at all the things I did and all the things that I missed out on to, to be good to you. And all of the things that I did for you that I didn't have to, I'm such a good person you should like me, please like me. Do you like me yet? Because I need you to like me because everything in my entire world is balancing on the very unsteady precipice of whether or not you approve of me and whether or not we function in this very carefully constructed dichotomy I've created in my head. And it is incredibly manipulative because we And this is a trauma response. It's a trauma response. We are so, we need that sense of control so much that we want to reach out and control how other people feel about us. So we say, I I need them to feel this way about me. And I will go to great lengths to make them feel that way about me. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help us. It makes us feel terrible and it doesn't help them. Oh, <laughs> well, it's so interesting. And so um, I was, one of the questions that, that popped into my head when you were you know, saying about validation and approval was the, kind of like, why? Like, why do we do this thing? And you just mentioned there about it being a, a trauma response. Is that the kind of main reason? Are there other reasons why we would do this thing to ourselves and to other people? So... I really come from the stance that it's primarily from a trauma response. Now I speak in trauma as a really broad term. A lot of people feel like trauma is, has to be something very, very, very bad. It has to be um, very, very, very serious. And that if you didn't grow up in an abusive household or you didn't grow up with X, Y, Z component, If you don't have a certain formula, then you didn't have trauma, but that's not necessarily true. We all have our own things that we have taken on that have created these stories and these limiting beliefs and these, these ways that we process the world. And just because somebody else's story is quote unquote worse than us doesn't make ours less valid, less real. It it doesn't negate it just because somebody went through something that is more quote unquote horrific 
subjectively. Yeah, I guess because we're, we're all complete individuals, aren't we? And so actually we could go through exactly the same event on paper and react to it completely differently because we're bringing all of our own stuff to it. And I guess when you're kind of going, the comparison, which I think is just natural of people, you get that extra like shame of like, well, my stuff wasn't that bad as, as whoever's stuff. So why am I feeling like this? Because I shouldn't because I mean, just pile on. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. And then we start to kind of push all those things away and make ourselves feel like we don't deserve healing. We don't deserve to feel better. We, we aren't good enough to worry about. Um, and all of these are, you know, pockets within that, that people pleasing. We, we negate our own boundaries and put ourselves on the back burner and look for that outside validation because we don't see why we are just inherently good enough. We need somebody else to tell it to us. So we're trying to outsource this information. Can you tell me that I did a good job? Because I can't tell myself. I don't feel it on my own. I don't feel like I deserve to be here. So let me just work myself really, really, really hard until somebody gives me some little nugget that makes me feel like, okay, I do deserve to be alive today. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to get into, and we will in a bit about like all this stuff, that validation and the boundaries and how we even start to um, do something different. Um, But I'm always curious to hear people's kind of journey of how they got to kind of where they're at now. So how did you get into, you know, supporting people with codependency, anxiety, people pleasing and all of that stuff? Yeah. So, um, the short of it is that I was working as a store manager for Starbucks. I worked there for eight years. I got to a point where I was just incredibly, incredibly sad. And I, I had, uh, one child already and was pregnant with my other child on the way. Um, my husband was an alcoholic and he was in and out of recovery. And I was looking around at my life going, what is happening here? I'm just going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. I can't ever leave this job. I I'm just here. This is terrible. And so I started just, um, I started a Instagram account to start just posting about the things that I felt like I couldn't tell anybody in real life. And that was literally the bio. It was a place to be all the things I can't in real life. And so I talked about how much I hated my job. Um, I was a, it was a very carefully curated feed where like I would be so exhausted in my day-to-day world where I would like go to work with makeup on still from the night before. Like I couldn't, couldn't get the energy together, but in this world, life was different. And after a while of that, I realized I don't want to just pretend to be this person who talks about what she's actually feeling, who actually has her shit together, who actually, you know, is the person she wants to be. I want to actually be that. So I have to start 
telling people, <laughs> then that means I have to have conversations with people and I have to start doing stuff about it. So I, I resigned from my job and I started just exploring everything, everything that had ever felt like maybe I would want to do this someday. Um, and that is when coaching fell at the forefront really as a beautiful, wonderful path for me to follow. Um, and I think that's also when I had a big realization, a big wake up call that as someone who had always viewed themselves as very strong, very like, I can do this. I will knuckle down and get through this. I can do anything. I couldn't see myself as a people pleaser. So I very much didn't have that mindset. I couldn't look at it that way. And when I started, um, started my own healing journey, I realized that we all kind of present ourselves in different ways and being a people pleaser, having people pleasing tendencies, being in codependent relationships. It's not that it makes you weak or bad or any of those things. It's just a way that you're living your life. And if you don't want to live your life that way, you can always choose to live it differently. And when I started to choose to live my life differently, instead of working myself to the bone for people who were never, ever, ever going to give me the love that I wanted ever, things just radically, radically shifted. And to be able to help other people understand that and give them the ways and the avenues to apply that to their own lives is something incredibly magical. Yeah, it's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing um, a bit of your story with us. And before we move on to the how we how we start to live our lives differently, um, another little quick definition, if that's okay, because you mentioned codependency. And for anyone who's listening, who's like, what does that mean? I wonder if you can give us a brief um, description or definition of that. Yeah, um, so codependent relationships are really, when you're functioning in a relationship that is focused solely on the other person. It's not, the opposite of it is an interdependent relationship, a relationship where you get to build each other up. And I think that that is very much, um, if you look at the kind of world that we grew up in, in romantic movies, where they're very much like, oh, my life was so sad. And then my Prince Charming came to save me and he's my entire world and nothing else exists outside of this world. And he completes me. But that's not the healthiest way to function. It's just not. A more healthy way to function is to look at how do we lift each other up and help each other grow on our own paths together but not only <laughs> looping around each other yeah I, mean, I think the hand gestures are amazing and people get <laughs> to see them but <laughs> but um yeah it's like um I guess that it's it's two individuals who are like walking that path together rather mm -hmm. than like we're 
I don't know, like almost like what, what just came into my head, like, you know, the three legged race kind of thing where you're like just dragging each other and tripping over or whatever because you're so attached. It's yes, that's a good that's a good example. <laughs> yeah, just just came to me. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, so yes, I mean, I definitely um, it's funny because I see myself as that kind of like really strong person, but I also <laughs> acknowledge that I'm a real people pleaser and, you know, very much apart from so much on the podcast the podcast I tend to like say whatever and not really mind but in the rest of my life really worry about uh, what people think so how do we start to let go of some of that people pleasing and show up you know more for ourselves and yeah how (laughs) how do we do that I think one of the first steps is getting centered in in our day-to-day, in, in our truth, in who we are. So it's very difficult to move forward if everything feels like really chaotic and unsteady all the time. So being able to find practices that, that allow you to connect with yourself, like um, meditation or journaling um, are are so important at the beginning of your journey because taking that time for yourself, even if it's just small increments, five minutes, even a minute is, is better than nothing. I know, um, the, the perfectionist in me is like, well, if I didn't meditate for an hour, then is it even worth it? but it is like, it's so much better to put a little bit of self-care, a little bit of time for yourself aside than to do absolutely nothing. Sometimes I'll even like do, do like, um, my face mask while I'm bathing my girls, because I know I'll be too tired after their bath to sit down and do it. But I know it's really important to me to do it. So how am I going to figure it out? It's a, it's a puzzle. I'm going to figure it out because it's so much more important to take those moments for yourself and to invest in yourself and set that time for you than it is to just, oh, well, I'll do it another time. I'll, I'll, I'll do it someday. Yeah, and I imagine that's particularly, I'm not a parent, but I imagine particularly as a parent, it's something that I hear a lot, uh, particularly from others of that kind of, where is the time for for me to do that? And it that it can feel like almost indulgent and, and not appreciating the real value of importance of doing those things for yourself and how that actually is beneficial, you know, for taking that little moment, showing yourself that self-care with the face mask benefits your daughters as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I use the face mask as, as an example, cause I think that's one like we can all relate to, but self-care is, um, is so many things. Um, I think meditation is just a core, core piece of mindfulness and being able to slow down and 
journaling, being able to really come through and connect with what is that inner dialogue saying to me right now. Um, those are such important pieces. And you don't, you don't have to go on some big, like, I'm going to do a big elaborate routine. I'm going to go away to a big retreat to jumpstart. I'm going to wait for the new year. You don't have to, like, literally, you could listen to this podcast, get on your timer on your phone, set a timer for five minutes, and just sit and breathe for five minutes. It sounds too easy because because it feels like it should be harder than that. But the part about it is not not the actual action that's hard. It's the the practice and the coming back to it again and again. Yes, it's that you know allowing yourself the the time and tuning into yourself. And I guess if you're that can be uncomfortable, can't it? To like really look at yourself. And so you project onto like everyone else and all that, because actually what comes up might not be very nice to look at and might feel icky. And so actually, yeah, like sitting for five minutes, like logically you can go like, yeah, that sounds really easy, but actually doing it and doing it regularly. Yeah. Can be tough. Yeah. It's funny that you say that I, I posted a a meme on Saturday and it was from, it was a clip from Adventure Time and it was them walking and they, they were in like a really dark spot and they said, I don't remember there being this many demons in there. And they're like me when I start doing shadow work. And it was just so funny because when you do start to look inside, you do encounter scary stuff. Absolutely you do. Um, but when you start to look at it, that's when it changes. It's kind of like the blunt truth of people pleasing being a manipulative habit. Does it suck to like say, oh man, I thought I was being like a really good person, but actually I was just trying to manipulate people into liking me maybe my motives weren't super good all the time. Uh, Like that sucks to sit with. It's not the best feeling in the world. It doesn't make you a bad person. No, it just gives you an opportunity to go, okay, I don't want to work that way anymore. I want to operate out of like a genuine goodness because in reality, if you if you are a people pleaser, I am going to guess that you probably have a pretty big heart because the odds of you being like more on a narcissistic end, not super high, probably more like a big heart, just trying to overprotect it too much. So it's this weird, like, how can I get everybody to like me without opening up? <laughs> I feel like you've been reading my diary. <laughs> it's funny because we're recording this on a Monday and Mondays I had therapy. And it's like so funny stuff that I was talking about today in therapy and about, you know, and, and I definitely people please and really worry about what people think. And then coming back to, oh, actually, 
part of me is very independent and that is true but also part of me is like I've been hurt by before and I don't want to be mm-hmm. hurt again and so there's all this stuff I think my therapist might have said today about mm, that sounds like another excuse <laughs> it's like yeah probably is of kind of going you know and then that's difficult to look at to think actually there is a part of me that is um projecting stuff onto other people and mm-hmm. you know oh I'm such a again this is not necessarily me but maybe a little bit going like, I'm such a great person because I you know I don't want to upset anyone and I'm so considerate but actually really comes back to I've been hurt before when I have been open to people and I don't want that to happen again so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely I think that's hard to to come to grips with but also really important like we're definitely the villain in other people's stories just as much as we have our own villains like oh man that boss I had one time she's just a terrible person and that ex-boyfriend of mine god he can go jump off a cliff like we have all of our own villains we are a hundred percent villains in other people's stories for the smallest reasons people we probably don't even remember and we have to understand that it's not our job to dictate the role that we play in other people's stories we get to decide what our story is. We don't get to write other people's. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I was just thinking, imagine if someone like really over the top, what popped into my head is someone coming in like dressed as a hero who's like being like, I'm the hero of your story. And like trying to be like, look, this is who I, and you'd just be like, go, like no, go away. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Get out. <laughs> but we're trying to do it but like you're saying in like a more like subtle insidious actually popped into my head as a word <laughs> like kind of way yeah people can can feel it you know like even um people just know it's like when you when you go to uh like a you know you got like the the car salesman thing and sometimes you go to to buy a car and you're like this feels good i feel good about this and sometimes you go and you're like something's off here i'm like not gonna do this if you are trying to bully somebody into liking you by being aggressively nice you are that's the energy that you're putting off you're trying to sell somebody on a car that's not right for them and if you just back off a little bit and you be a little bit more vulnerable you be a little bit more authentic and genuinely you because you are a good person inside you don't need to prove that to anybody then they'll they'll recognize it eventually and if they don't that's okay the right people will recognize it yeah I think that's so true so we've talked about that kind of journaling, meditating, that kind of coming back to yourself and, and learning to kind of, yeah, just connect with yourself. Um, and one of the other things that you mentioned with people pleasing um, and pro-codependency and everything is about boundaries. And I wonder if you've got any thoughts on how we can um, just, you know, communicate our boundaries, I think is the first step. And then particularly if people are stepping over them, kind of being able to do that. So I think one of the important things is that 
you have to one make a decision it's very easy to get stuck in well i don't really want to have to make a decision about what my boundary is because then i might make people upset and i'm nervous to make people upset or i'm worried about what will happen if i you know put my theoretical foot down like i don't want to do that so i don't i'm not going to make a decision at all but not making a decision is actually making a decision and if you're making the decision to not make a decision you're just leaving yourself open to all of the things that come with continually violating your own boundaries so you do have to decide what they are that does not mean that in the future you're not allowed to adjust them you might say hey my boundary is this okay, that was a little bit too extreme. I can, I can open the doors for um, a closer relationship or, you know, whatever it may be when you're more in touch with who you are and getting less outside input, it'll be easier to know what is it that makes me feel comfortable, but you're never going to be able to figure that out if you don't try one. <laughs> um, and you just um, have to start seeing them. You do not have to be cruel or angry or defensive. You can just be vulnerable in a way. Um, I have a client right now who is working on setting boundaries with her, her stepdaughter because you know her stepdaughter's a teenager. She's kind of doing her thing. She's get a little mouthy, you know, we were all teenagers once, we know how that is. Um, so she's trying to figure out how do I navigate this because I want to have a good relationship with her, but it hurts my feelings and I don't, I don't want to argue with her. I don't want to push her away. I want to be able to open up with her and I don't understand how, how do I navigate that? And in reality, the only way that she's going to be able to do that, and this is what she's working on right now, is to be able to open herself up and say, hey, I, I don't like it when you talk to me like that. That's a really vulnerable moment, especially from like, you know, a quote unquote authority figure to uh, like a subordinate that's very like, that brings her down a notch. Um, especially in a moment where she really wants to like demand respect, but it's very difficult to demand respect. I know we've all been there too. When somebody is like, you will respect me. Like that doesn't work. It, it's going to be much more effective to be able to say, Hey, I want, I want a better relationship with you. I, I really don't like it when you, when you talk to me like that and come to people as human because unless they're lizard monsters they are probably human too yeah and that's awesome advice thank you so much for that and I think the I statements are really powerful aren't they because rather than kind of going and saying like you did this and you should do this and if you're saying I feel this people mm -hmm. can't really argue with that <laughs> because it's your feeling and they can't say like no you're not feeling that I mean they could say that but you like it, it's my feeling and um yeah and they might you know there are people who will fight and they <laughs> will argue and they will 
do the thing. My, uh, my ex-husband was very much the person to be like, I don't understand why you're upset. You shouldn't be upset. And I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I mean, clearly I am upset. So I, it just is, it's just a fact. And that is also something that um, is important when you're considering your boundaries. They just are. They're like, they're like math. They're like nature facts. They just are. They're not up for debate. Your emotions are not up for debate. Are your emotions always necessarily the best response? Probably not. We all get out of hand. We, you know, overreact and things like that. Does that make your emotions less valid? Absolutely not. Your emotions are always valid. They're always, they're always real. And they're always okay. They might be misdirected. And there might be other things at play that need to be dealt with. Where it maybe should have come out different in that moment. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I, it's such great stuff and probably stuff that I'm going to listen back to over and over again <laughs> Ugh, stuff I'm working on um I, we've all got stuff that we're working oh, on yeah. this is a lot of mine <laughs> um I wonder if you've got a final thought before I ask you my set questions on codependency people pleasing life in general that you'd like to share with us I think as a final thought I would say that getting grounded in what you understand your higher power to believe what wait what you understand your higher power as is one of the most important steps you don't have to go to church and you don't have to subscribe to xyz but being able to say you know i i believe in this and this is my, my rock and my root, whether that's, you know, the universe or source or spirit or God or what, how, however it comes for you, having that, that um, grounding point is very, very, very important. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dylan, for everything that, you, that you've shared with us so far. And yeah, I have some set questions I ask everyone that comes on and I'd love to hear your thoughts on these. Um, yeah, and the first one is what brings you joy in your life? Um, connection. Uh, connection with other people and um, even just the, the tiniest, the tiniest moments. Um, I think that's really what life is about is how, how we connect in those little, little sparks. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, the next one, sometimes the same, sometimes not, is what makes life meaningful for you? Makes life meaningful. I think what makes life meaningful is making um, an impact and it's not necessarily um, a large scale 
impact. Sometimes uh, the world works very much just like a ripple effect. And all you have to do is um, maybe smile at somebody and they go out and do it again. And it ripples out into the world in a much bigger way. There's um, a YouTube video I love. It's in like my favorite. I've got like an inspiration folder and it's, it's that idea. It's people doing stuff. And so some of them are really small things um, and some are like a little bit bigger of like saving someone from, you know, like a ladder falling on them or whatever. But some are just letting a car out uh, into traffic. And it's just, and then you see like someone does something for the next person they and they pass it on. And it's just such a lovely, like heartwarming video for like you're having a bad day. You're like, oh, it's so nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so the next two questions are around our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental wellness. Um, so the first one is, what does mental wellness mean to you? Mental wellness means to me taking that, that space for yourself and acknowledging that your mind and your heart and your spirit need to also be treated well just like people talk about how to treat your body well awesome thank you and then my follow-up is always for yourself what you do to look after your mental well-being um for me meditation is a big thing i'm a very ritualistic person it brings me a lot of comfort so i really enjoy um like Sunday church services that just really bring me back to, oh yeah, this is where my grandparents used to take me. And these are the hymns we used to sing and things like that, where it's very much like this is, this provides so much comfort plus a place to, to grow. Thank you so much for that. Um, My next question is sometimes a little bit of a challenge for people. So she'll see. Uh, how would you describe your own mindset? My own mindset, always, always growing. There is a, um, there's a really good depiction. I don't know if you've ever seen um, like the, the law of attraction vibrational chart. Maybe. Um, sure. So you've probably heard people who say things like high vibes only or good vibes only, which is obnoxious, but that's another Uh, conversation. But there's a really good depiction where as opposed to just depicting like the the frequency that different emotions uh, vibrate at, it actually shows them as um, like a almost like a wind tunnel. So it's got like a a swirling uh, arrow. So you can very easily move up or down the the spiral. And I think that that's really the reality of of being human is that we're never going to just zip zap from being, oh, I'm always angry to, oh no, now I've achieved enlightenment and I live at peak frequency and don't disrupt my vibes with your gunk because I am perfect. Like that's such crap, right? Like. Yes, I have done a lot of healing work and 
worked so hard on my mindset to get where I am. And I'm so grateful, but I have days where I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm frustrated today. Why am I frustrated? And I go back down that spiral. But the difference is that I also can bring myself back up. I'm definitely going to check that out. After this. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. So my next question is my, uh, my favorite one to ask because uh, I'm really curious to hear ideas from people. So I ask everyone that comes on to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that we could try in our life that could have a big impact. And I know we've already talked about some fab stuff. Um, but yeah, do you have a top one to three tips for us? So my, I mean, my number one is always meditate. You can download the insight timer app, I think is great. And you're able to really source a lot of different styles of meditation, which is really phenomenal. Um, two, I think my favorite version of journaling is journaling right after you wake up. So that the veil between the subconscious and the conscious mind is the thinnest that it's going to get pretty much all day. Um, And you'd be really surprised what comes up because especially if you're still in that state where you're people pleasing so hard that you may not even be being completely honest with yourself. I know that I have a hundred percent been in that boat more than once in my life, when you are writing from more of a subconscious standpoint, things come up and you go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that was underneath there. I probably need to think about that a bit more. And three, reach out. However you reach out, um, whether that is online groups, whether that's getting into therapy, whether that is um, support groups or working with, uh, working with a coach, however it is, please reach out. It is, it's so much harder alone and you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. Thank you so much. Three amazing tips. Um, my next question and I was about to say a new one, but it's not new anymore because I've asked people this one now. Uh, it's not been as like long running as the others. Uh, so I love to read, also a big fan of TED Talks. Um, and so I'm asking if you've got a recommendation of a book or a TED Talk that has been really impactful in your life and that you think we should check out. Yeah, so like only a million. I love to read, um, but I do love um, The Untethered Soul. Um, I think that's Michael Singer who wrote that, um, which is just beautiful, all about the the energetics that we cling to um, unnecessarily of the things that we've been through. A really, really beautiful book. Um, right now I'm reading A Course in Miracles, which is really fascinating because um, most of modern spirituality draws on those themes. So going straight to the source is uh, really fascinating, a little bit denser than some of the things that um, fluff it up a bit, but well worth the read. Awesome. Thank you so much for those. Um, And then my final question, and it's been fab, so really sad to come to the final question. Um, But Dylan, where can people connect with you um, if they're interested in working with you? Where can we find all your details? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me um, at my website, which is queenofgrit.com. Um, I hang out a lot on Instagram where my handle is exactly the same, queen of grit. Um, you guys are always welcome to book um, free clarity calls um, with me so we can chat one-on-one. Or I also host um, free group expression exercises weekly on Fridays where um, I do combine a combination of different healing modalities to help you guys move through um, those emotional blocks that are weighing you down. I'm just writing that down. (laughs) Oh, that sounds fab. Um, (laughs) So we're absolutely linking the show notes. So that people can, they might see me at one of those. I don't know, because I'm definitely going to check out. So it sounds (laughs) awesome. Uh, Dylan, thank you so, so much for joining us and for everything that you shared with us today. I really appreciate it personally, because as I've mentioned, (laughs) a lot of my stuff is in this area, but um, also everything that you shared uh, with with, all of us has been fab. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, welcome. So a massive thank you to Dylan for joining us. And as as I said, a lot of this was very personally relevant. It's something that I feel like in some in some areas I I feel more confident. I've got pink hair at the moment, and I feel very much in it. It's my hair. I don't care. And um, how I dress in you know wearing colors and 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 I feel like that's very mood related. Sometimes I'm very much in the super comfy, um, not quite trackies, but like jeggings type type thing um but you know I I wear what I want to wear um I don't wear makeup most of the time because I really cannot be bothered to put it on it's not passing judgment or anything it's just the effort of putting it on and I don't really like the feeling on my skin so um I only wear it you know I wore it for the wedding I wear it occasionally if I'm going out but it's just not for me um but I do love Barry M nail polish so currently rocking like a nice tealy I don't know sparkly something anyway <laughs> I that in in those domains I don't um care so much and I, I guess I body image is a, a big thing for me still so I, I still have some stuff to work on in that area but in terms of you know how I dress when I go out in the world I don't, I don't care what people think but there are some domains definitely where the people pleasing comes in in relationships in friendships and and I guess with this platform and um, with the podcast I feel like I've <laughs> I've lost my filter I'll sort of talk about anything I'll talk about my mental health journey and and hopefully that is something that um is beneficial to you in some way interesting or um reassuring or comforting or inspiring or amusing I don't know that <laughs> there, there is something that you get out of the time that we spend together so that's that's kind of one thing and I guess blogging when I blog I, I'm a little bit lacks blogging I tend to overanalyze in the written word more (laughs) than I do verbally just kind of talking to you like I am now but as I launch new um new initiatives or kind of try and put myself out there I find it difficult sometimes to really just let it all out and you know show up and um you know and it's the people pleasing it's you know wanting people to like me it's imposter syndrome it's lots of things and probably just like a whole lot of fear and fear of, yes, failing, but a lot of fear of success, <laughs> what that means as well. And so that's something that I'm sure a lot of people are going through. And I have amazing support around me from 
friends and family, but also from therapist that, that I see and also from my coach. So, um, yeah, I think it's so, so beneficial. And, um, I obviously would, <laughs> would recommend working with someone. I think it's just having that space to be able to check in, to go for support or encouragement or challenge or, you know, kind of whatever you need um, at that time to help you to move forward towards where you want to get to. Because sometimes we don't even know where we want to get to and, and that is what we kind of need to explore and have support figuring out or we can really lose touch with who we are and what's going on for us or we want something but we just keep like getting our own way and we don't know why we can't, we can't get through it and and I think that's where you know it's it's so beneficial to have someone and and you may have friends that, that can do this as well but to have someone that you can go to and and talk about that stuff and explore it and really get clear on stuff and and figure stuff out and you know, for me as a coach, the things I love to help people with are getting clear on, on well-being, on their sense of self, their identity, where it can be so easy to lose that, to lose touch with ourselves, whether it is through the roles that we play, through trauma, possibly through becoming a parent and being so invested in that, through mental health, which is my own personal experience of losing myself and, ha- and you know, having to find myself again, which is still an ongoing thing. But, um, you know, it's one of the things I love to support people with. And yeah, mental well-being, um, parenting, which, uh, as I've mentioned, is, is a newer thing of kind of sharing all of that education and, and teaching background and supporting parents as people <laughs> as well as 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 parents. And really, I, I feel like with my coaching, coaching is, is a distinct skill and um, it's that, but it's also more kind of support and mentoring type space in that yes it is asking people coaching questions and reflecting and holding that space that people can really explore and go deeper but it's also sometimes you know and for me my background is mental health it's education it's neurodiversity if I am supporting someone who is is really struggling and needs concrete like strategies they can use in those areas if you're purely in a coaching space and surely <laughs> it's like, well, what do you think would work? What's, you know, it's, it's helping people come up with it for, for themselves, but sometimes it's really beneficial to go, here are some strategies and tools to play with. It's not saying they're hundred percent work, but it is kind of drawing on that experience and going, here are some things to, to try out and answering questions. And I think particularly for parents and parents who are parenting and you're a diverse child or a child who is struggling with their mental health, having someone they can go to and ask questions and have support, so beneficial. Um, and I also love working with young people directly as well. Anyway, I'm just sort of <laughs> talking generally about coaching and support, but really there is a point. And that is that um, I am notoriously not great at talking about the ways you can work with me. So I'm making an effort to do it. And that is what this rambling is about. So uh, three things that I want to share, maybe four, three and a half. <laughs> so the first one is um, for any parents of teens or near teens, I do have a free PDF that you can download. There is a banner at the top of the Psyche website um, or also uh, links to it on our Instagram page, um, our milkshake link tree kind of thing. Um, and it's called Taking the Tension Out of Talking to Your Teen. So 
lots of strategies around positive communication and building a relationship that feels connected rather than stressed stressed out overwhelmed disconnected all that kind of stuff so that's completely free download um that uh, hopefully has some useful things for you to think about um that can help out the other thing also free is i have a facebook group um which is called the happy healthy parent club uh, full of people who want to be happy healthy people and by extension then happy healthy parents and that is a place for me to share well-being and parenting and communication support advice where relevant and and that sense of community because I think that is so valuable as well to have people to talk to to sometimes just be able to rant and offload a bit or you know people who are going to kind of lift you up who are going to celebrate with you who are going to support you um and um yeah all of that kind of great stuff and I go live at least once a week and um, it's been the first week this week of that. And so I'm really exciting, exciting. I'm really excited to um, to be to have launched that and, and to have created that space. So if you are a parent of a school age child, so I don't know, five, seven upwards um, to really any age, then um, yeah, please do join. And I mean, you can join if you have younger children. It's just that is not uh, as much in my comfort zone, younger, younger children, uh, kind of school age is much more in, in my, my comfort zone in my space, but Hey, feel free to challenge me. <laughs> and, uh, I always, uh, you know, act in integrity. If it's things I don't know about, I will try and find the answer or find someone that does, but for parents, happy, healthy parent club on Facebook, there are links from the psyche coaching Facebook page, or you can just put in happy, healthy parent club and join I would love to welcome you into that group and to support you third thing um half thing is um a reminder that I I offer free 30 minute kind of discovery calls I call them that because they kind of are a discovery into possibly working together in a a coaching way but also a self-discovery thing because it's not a sales pitch and I sort of made a face when I said that because it's something that I find icky personally with sales and um you know, I am a coach as, you know, part of my, my business. So it's something I need to figure out, but it's something personally, I know a lot of people find a bit, ugh, um, and I'm one of them, but it's, yes, it's about, these are the ways you can work with me, but really I love coaching. I love supporting people and, and helping people on their own journey of self-discovery. So it's a discovery call because ultimately that is what it's about. Uh, discovery and support, I guess, because also if you have specific concerns and there are things I can share that might be helpful, then that is awesome. So on the Psyche website, which I'm <laughs> mentioning a lot, psykhe.co.uk, uh, there is uh, an option of a space to book a discovery call to have an initial chat or just a, a one-off chat, to be honest. Um, but I always think an initial chat is so important because if you are looking at coaching, if you're looking at therapy, anything like that, the relationship with the person you're working with is the biggest indicator of it being successful. And personally, I'm a big one for qualifications and accreditations that's something personally I feel is important for myself being in this space but also for for other people but not everyone has that same thought but it is the the relationship more than the kind of type of therapy the type of coaching or whatever that that is the biggest thing that is going to lead to a positive outcome and the transformation that you want and so I know that I am not the coach for everyone but (laughs) um if you you know, you want a discovery call, you want to have a chat, you want to try it out and you want to see about working together, then book, go ahead and book one. Um, and then my final thing, final, final thing is that I have two 
only two coaching spaces available. So I, um, as I mentioned at the start, do some teaching. I have the podcast. I do some mentoring of young people, a social enterprise I've started. And I'm going back to being a student um, and doing a, a counselling course, so <laughs> training. And I also do some finance stuff as well. So I have a very small caseload basically of clients so I don't work with many people on a one-to-one basis so it is quite rare for me to have coaching spaces available and I have two of them currently Uh, so three months of coaching and support Uh, within that that is six coaching sessions of around an hour um probably fortnightly but you know flexibility because I think you are the person who um is in charge really of your coaching experience and what you want to get out of it but six coaching sessions and then kind of support around that so email support that kind of thing so two spaces available the same kind of route if you're interested is to book a discovery call first to have a chat and then yeah I only have two spaces available so um if you're interested if anything that I've said right now in this ramble (laughs) or previously uh, if you're interested in exploring coaching and working together then please do book a discovery call and because I am all about kind of you know being upfront and integrity and I really hate it personally when I'm interested in in working with someone or looking at something and you look on their website and you try and find out how much it costs to work with that person and you can never that's hyperbole but you can sometimes you you can't find out how much it is uh, it's like a, a secret at the end and and for me that's always an important thing for my decision making and I don't buy into this you know if you if you really want it you'll find the money you know I think sometimes sometimes that's true but sometimes you know you have to weigh up everything that's going on so the investment um or the cost basically of working with me for the three months for those two spaces is 500 pounds for those for that three months of support so there we go upfront honest um I think it's so important and it's kind of how I like to be well, I don't really like to be sold to, but that's kind of how I like to interact with people. So that's that. So if you are interested, then please do book a discovery call or you just want to have a little bit of uh, a chat and a bit of discovery, then head over to the Psyche Coaching website and check it out. Um, That is everything. I feel like I have talked a lot. Um, Actually, I feel that it has all been authentic and come from a great place. I don't feel particularly icky, (laughs) which is good. And... It's about letting go of some of that worry about people pleasing and just, you know, whatever. (laughs) Just see what happens. That's everything. I will be back next week when I I can tell you who is on because I'm slightly organised. So we are joined by Steve Friedman next week. And so, Steve, this is our second episode this month on introversion, particularly in the corporate space. And so Steve joined me. We talked about being an introvert in a corporate world and, and professionally and all of that kind of stuff because he's a he's written a book um about that topic which is out and so we're part of his kind of like promotional tour which is very exciting uh with uh, sharing the episode so please do join us again monday for that um if you're an introvert hopefully there'll be loads of great stuff for you if you're an extrovert i think it'll be awesome to sort of understand a bit more <laughs> about introverts and if you think it's all nonsense then uh, just come along anyway and then see what you think. Um, so yeah, I'll be back on Monday. I hope you have a great week between now and then. Um, as always, please do share the show if you've enjoyed it. Um, and all of the things I mentioned, I won't go over them again. <laughs> but 
share them with friends, family that you think might also be interested. Um, So yeah, that's everything. Until next week, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.